turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Joining us now, speaking of interviews, is our regular Wednesday commentator. He is our State House correspondent in Columbus, as well as being the founder and the editor of a phenomenal online news source called the Ohio Press Network. He is also my broadcast partner, or rather a podcast partner, on Talking Smack with Bob and Jack. Let's welcome Jack Windsor to the program. They, uh, they seem to love you, Jack. Yeah, man, that brings me a smile every Wednesday, Bob. It's super fantastic to be here with you and, I usually, and our listeners. I usually don't have a studio audience. They only come in when I'm having you in on Wednesdays. They just, <laughs> they just, they surround me. There are a lot of them are the employees in the building and they just surround me. And, uh, as soon as I bring Jack Wins around, they've got something to say. Let's hear it one more time, everybody. <laughs> They're amazingly consistent in their sound too. Just, uh, just so you know, they're they. Yeah. They, uh... <laughs> let, let me deflate my let me deflate my head over here. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> All right, Jack we Windsor. Go. We've got a lot of work to do here. Um, yeah. Yesterday, as we continue to you know have discussions with as many members of the Ohio State House as we can to try to fix what is extraordinarily broken right now, what should have been. I was talking to I was talking to Mike Gibbons actually last night, Jack, and uh, Mike Gibbons, of course, has uh, been selected to chair the finance committee, I guess, for the uh, uh, Cuyahoga County Republican Party. He is obviously working very, very hard to try to help the people of Ohio and the people of this country. And uh, I was talking to Mike a little bit about this uh, last night on the phone. Um, we should be in week number three or four of this new legislative session just passing conservative legislation, bing, bang, boom, on a daily basis. The rules should have been in place on January 3rd. Committee assignments should have been made. Holdover legislation from the last session to this legislative session, this General Assembly, should have been put right back up. And with 67 votes... To 33, there's nothing that could have stopped it. Mike DeWine couldn't even have vetoed this legislation. All of the things that we wanted to have pushed through, we could have had pushed through, and instead we're fighting amongst ourselves. The coup of 22 is real, and now we don't have all this legislative passing, legislation passing because of their partnership with the Democrats. And yesterday... The little Napoleonic tyrant known as our governor, uh, Democrat Mike DeWine, gave the state of the state address. So, Jack, there's your cue. What do you think the state of the state is right now, and what did you make of DeWine yesterday? Well, great question. First of all, I think the state is divided, and I think divisiveness reigns in the General Assembly. And to your point earlier about legislation that can go over the finish line or should have already uh, been over the finish line or darn close to it. I just want to raise a caution flag there. Uh, I think that there will be legislation that gets enacted and gets to Governor DeWine's desk. The thing that I've been warned about myself from several insiders is make sure that you understand what's in the bill. 
and not just the title, not just save women's sports, not just ed choice, um, but what's really in the, not just voter ID, right? Is there significant uh, closure of gaps and loopholes that are creating these significant challenges, or are we passing laws that really give more credence to the left than to conservative thought and conservative principles. And the one example I'll give you is that with the voter ID law, you and I actually talked with Frank LaRose on this. We went a good bit down the road on it. But when you go back and look at it, now I'm, scra- I'm scratching my head and going, well, okay, we, it doesn't require an ID to register. And you can actually register and request a, a mail or vote by mail ballot. And so did it create uh, an opportunity to essentially codify some things that um, could be used for nefarious purposes, potentially. So I think that's the key, right? There's always, there's, there's the idea that you can do right things, but are you doing right things right? So that being said, let's pivot over to what the governor said yesterday. Um, it was probably one part commerce and like nine parts education. Um, now, so during his state of the state, uh, he said that his initiative, his budget initiative, would cover everything from $2.5 billion for the All-Ohio Future Fund, which would prepare the infrastructure of large economic development sites located in every single part of Ohio, which basically ensures that every Ohioan can commute to one of these sites for work, and uh, $150 million to create innovation hubs across the state, uh, to $40 million annually for law enforcement officer training, and a one-time investment of $300 million to support capital improvements in equipment for career tech education. So we'll call that the commerce side. Um, but I'm going to pause there because the education component of what he talked about yesterday is pretty lengthy. But let's just sit down and in, uh, in what we just discussed there for a moment. Okay. Um, well, I, I don't know that I have any real response to what you had to say other than to agree with pretty much everything that you just said. But let's let's talk about the the education part. A little mm-hmm. more because you and I discussed this too, and what what almost happened, uh, or what what Dewine tried to have happen here, which is essentially to take over full control of education in the state of Ohio, absent board members, absent anybody else's input except for his handpicked guy, uh, which would be a cabinet level position. Why is this the hill? I don't want to say it's something the hill that Mike Dewine will die on, but why is this one above all other issues, with the exception maybe of commerce, as you're talking about? Why is this one his baby? You know, that's a great question. Some people would say because the kids are the legacy that we leave, right? And uh, if you are in the governor's chair, not only uh, what are you doing now, but how are you empowering and enabling the next generation and the generations that follow them? And so I think that there's probably a pride thing involved there. You know, if, if Mike DeWine can tie his legacy to where this state will be in 10 to 15 to 20 years, then that's a feather in his cap, right? But again, it's doing the right things and doing the right things right. Because a lot of this on paper sounds really good, but it's really about who's going to carry out these marching orders and what does the programming look like? Because right now we're at the 30,000-foot level. And so when we hear things like ed choice and scholarships to people uh, who are as much as 400% above the federal poverty level, well, that sounds good. And then he also asked legislators to approve the cost for school resource officers at every public and private school that wants one. Uh, His proposal would also provide schools with funds to pay for curriculum based on the science of reading and for professional development for those teachers needing it. Uh, Again, sounds good, but, you know, we've cussed and discussed what science means for a few years now. Uh, He also proposed a $2,500 per child tax deduction, uh, ending state sales tax on many baby supplies, 
paying uh, for child care for 15,000 additional children, expanding Medicare to cover children adopted through private agencies and authorizing more money uh, for county children's services agencies. So uh, on the surface, those things so far look good. Yeah. Um, last question on this, on education, and I want to move on to something else, uh, Jack. Mm-hmm. Um, the backpack bill has been obviously hotly debated for a while now, and again, it's something that I think would have been jammed right through easily uh, had we not had this chaos and have Jason Stevens as the speaker just completely mucking up the works and catering to Democrats. But um, but the backpack bill is one way to give kids choices and give families choices to get their kids out of poor-performing schools and put them in better places. The Another one is the ongoing ed choice uh, of funds. Uh, and there's a new bill that's being introduced by uh, State Senator O'Brien, which expands it, I think, from... From uh, 2,500 to 5,500, I want to say, for ele- elementary school through uh, eighth grade. And then I think from from 5,500 to seven, I could be a little off on these numbers, from $5,500 <clears throat> to $7,500 per child for high school ages uh, or grades uh, 9 through 12 to give uh, uh, kids an opportunity to get out of poor performing schools. Now, not every private school takes those ed choice dollars, but a significant number of them do. Um as you look at these, are those competing bills, or can they somehow work together? Uh, because I think school choice is a huge issue for conservative Republicans, and it should be for all Ohioans, quite frankly. But uh, there, there, there are a number of different ways to try to get kids the access to schools they cannot afford on their own when they want to get out of the poor-performing public schools. Yeah, so I think what we'll see down the stretch is what will happen. These bills will get carved up in committee. Uh, the best of, of bills are usually combined, uh, and then, you know, you work to get them over the finish line. Now, I think it will look different in the Senate than it does in the House, because remember, we'll go back to the coup of 22, responsible for the Speaker steal of 23. One of the allegations is that Jason Stevens, in order uh, to curry favor with Democrats, made some promises on things like education, right, that these bills were going to be more watered down. And so you really have to keep an eye on what comes out of committee. And so we'll report on those in weeks ahead. And, and so I think that there's going to be some sort of combination. Uh, but here's here's the real crux of the issue, Bob. And, and this is a, the thing that I think people need to talk about. You can shuffle money to institutions, right? But fundamentally, what's going to change in those institutions? If parents' rights aren't protected at a state level, that's an issue. If we disagree on what chromosomes say about a student and where they can be and not be, then you still have significant issues. If teachers' unions are funding uh, progressive ideologies through teacher training, we have a significant issue. So I think instead of sometimes treating the, you know, the symptoms, you have to treat the disease. And so the key is to look at what's in those education bills. A very, very great point. We're talking to Jack Windsor, the founder, founder and editor of the Ohio Press Network. He is my broadcast or pod, keep saying broadcast. We're podcasting, talking smack with Bob and Jack. Check that out wherever you get your podcast. Jack, I want to go back to um, the 22 now, the Gang of 22. We've referenced a few different times here. Uh, two nights ago in Strongsville, the Strongsville GOP, which is home to Tom Patton's district, uh, voted specifically to censure Tom Patton, not just the 22, or not all of the 22, rather, but just the one that is um, uh, representing their district. And uh, it's a very strongly worded censure, and it's one that Tom Patton did not show up to defend himself in. He was given an opportunity either to respond in writing to an email 
uh, uh, to the uh, to the potential censure. He did not, and he was given an opportunity to come and speak and defend himself. He did not. Uh, so he's being censured. I'm told he's taking that very, very hard. He's very, very angry because he is a strong conservative who has made a decision here that um, obviously the rest of the GOP uh, disagreed with. The Cuyahoga County Republican Party is about to have a vote on the censure of of these individuals as well. I believe, I believe last night Warren County also voted in their meeting to censure the 22, or, or I don't know if it's the whole 22 or just the ones that are from that county, but my point being, this is starting to grow and this is starting to expand the pushback, the blowback on these 22. My question for you is, do you think it will give any of them pause and make them reconsider and say, maybe I need to have some conversations with some people about undoing the damage we just did? Well, if it doesn't give them pause and it doesn't create the response that you just shared, then I think the proof in the pudding is what many people said it is. It's about power. It's about money. And so if it's not about principle, then they're not going to change. I'm a little disappointed, I guess. <laughs> no, that's, let me give you a little bit of an opinion. I've had a chance to communicate with Tom Patton over text message over the past couple of weeks, and his story has changed multiple times. So, um, you know, we have evidence to show that he essentially said that, you know, I'm not going to support this and I'm not a part of this. Um, And then, you know, flopping back to, well, I was a part of it, but, you know, I I can explain it to voters. And, oh, by the way, if you're going to censor people, why not allow them to show up to defend themselves? Well, if he's not showing up to defend himself. So, yeah, I I think in his case, he's probably starting to feel the weight of this. He should. If you make a promise in caucus, you fulfill your promise. If there are key pieces of legislation, like making sure that our Constitution, in order to be amended, requires 60 percent vote, making sure that um, parents' rights are protected and kids are in high-performing schools, making sure that, you know, abortion isn't uh, on uh, a ballot initiative, isn't a ballot initiative that allows, you know, really up to up to birth, basically, abortions. Um, If you're not willing to basically stand behind those things and not put your power and not put your earning potential above the conservative principles, then, you know, we wrote an article that said this is at their feet. Well, Tom Patton, this is at your feet. What do you do now? And uh, so, yeah, I think this is going to make a difference. Look, last week we broke the story that Derek Marin and um, Phil Plummer essentially are in charge of ORAT. That's the campaign finance arm of the Ohio House. So they control the dollars. Now, if you have 8, 10, 12, 15, 20, 30 um, GOP county parties throughout the state that show up and say, we're censoring these folks, then I don't care who's in charge of the Treasury. How do you dole out funds in the next couple of years to people who are censured by their own party? You don't. So I think that the screws are starting to tighten, and we'll see how some of these uh, 22 members respond under pressure. Well, that is, and it's pressure of their own creation, uh, and that, that's what's obvious here. They they literally create their own situation, and we'll see how they do respond. I'm just very, very frustrated for the people of this state, the Republicans specifically who gave this massive supermajority of power to them and to watch them just, you know, uh, piddle it all away and to give power to a party that does not have it, and that is the Democrats, is simply, ir- it's not just irresponsible, it's uh, it's, unde- it's un- indefensible. 
is what it is, and uh, that's where we, we sit. We're going to watch great legislation languish uh, now in committees because of promises made to the minority party. And, Jack, that's uh, that's something that I think we're all going to pay for. We'll talk more about this. We'll have uh, a new uh, podcast that uh, will be uploaded tomorrow of Talking Smack with Bob and Jack. So make sure you tune in for that and check for it wherever it is you get your podcast, Podbean, Apple uh, Apple Podcasts, iHeart Podcasts, uh, Spotify, you name it. But we'll have a new episode for you coming up. Uh, that will drop uh, tomorrow morning, so make sure you check in for that. Jack Windsor, editor and founder of the Ohio Press Network. Looking forward to that, my friend. Thanks for the time this morning. Thanks, Bob.